Hello and welcome to episode 27? Yep, 27. Of That's What People Do. I know my facts. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say apart from the intro, to be fair. How are you, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, all good, all good, all uh, good. How was the last 10 minutes in between recording episodes? I've managed to grab myself a drink. He has got himself a drink. What are you, what are you drinking there? Uh, this is strawberry... Uh, what's, what's the word? Um, concentrate, right. Right, you know Americans don't know what squash is? That's they, the word, squash, that's what I'm looking they for. They don't have squash. What do they call it? They don't have it. What, is that right? They just have juice. That's what squash is? Uh, no, but juice is for me, it's like orange juice, whereas squash for me is something you dilute. Right, yeah. I don't yeah. think they have it. Bizarre. I'm going there in April, so I'll find out and I'll let you know. Yeah. Strange country. Get squash, <clears throat> is my thought for the day. Today's get episode. Get your water. Get your water. Get get hydrated. Get hydrated. It's about Desmond Doss. Now, if you don't know Desmond Doss, go and watch the film Hacksaw Ridge. It's informative and it's fucking awesome. I remember seeing it in the cinemas with my friends and I felt out of breath after the battle scenes. Like, it's just that intense. I watched it at home with my family. Like, we all sat around as a family and watched it. And some of the scenes, like, you know, on the, um, on the, there's the, the cliff, the yeah. ridge. The, the ridge. ridge. Yeah. yeah. And like, the, 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 mate, just the blood, the guts, the everything yeah. is just horrific. They really went Absolutely through horrific. But it was all based upon a true story. And fun fact, some of the stuff that actually happened in real life to him, they didn't put in the film because they thought it would be too unrealistic and people wouldn't believe it. Seriously? Yeah. So there'll be times where like he got shot. I'll explain later. He got shot, he got blown to pieces, and they didn't put it in the film. Wow. Because they thought, oh, people won't believe that when it actually happened. Uh, truth is stranger than fiction. Mm. This guy's a It literally is. This guy just dodged anything. Desmond Doss was born on February 7th, 1919. So he was born a year after World War One ended. Damn, so like dad came home and was like, honey... Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> yeah, literally that. He was born in Lynchburg, Virginia, mm-hmm. to William Doss and Bertha Doss, and he was raised. This is very important as a devout Seventh Day Adventist, and had Sabbath keeping, non-violence, and vegetarianism instilled into his childhood. So a pacifist. He was. He refused to harm another living thing, even animals. He's like a problem. He was like uh, an early vegan. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how he was on like milk and all that. Well, no, yeah, yeah, I suppose he's like... But then I guess if... I think he lived in quite a rural farming community, so... Yeah, I suppose farming at that point wasn't hurting the animals. Yeah, because... Their, their cow industry probably isn't like our cow industry now. Their cow industry is cows roaming in a field, ours is locked in yeah. cages. and they went and they went and actually squeezed the milk out when they wanted yeah. the milk, and then they pasteurised it themselves and made it themselves, yeah. whereas like now it's just like a bloke just presses a button on all the cows go... Yeah. Like that. Sounds so nice, doesn't it? He wants a glass of milk. Yeah. Oh, I tried a vegan KFC burger the other day. How is it? It's really, really nice. Does it just taste like chicken? It tastes just like chicken. It's got a little bit of spice to it because it's got all the herbs, yeah, the spices, yeah. which is, let's be realistic, why that's everyone what KFC, likes KFC. That's what the skin is the best part. That's what, yeah, literally, that is what, no one goes to KFC just to eat the chicken, they go to eat the skin. Yeah. If you're not eating the skin, don't go bother going to KFC. It's like that it's South Park like, episode where Cartman goes onto the chicken and just eats everyone's skin off the chicken and leaves the chicken. That's exactly how it should be. It's like Nando's. You don't go to Nando's just because you want to eat chicken. Chicken is one of the most blandest foods ever. Yeah. It's what you it's, do to the it's chicken. It's what you put on the chicken. Yeah, That's the nice bit. So the sure. vegan, the vegan KFC burger is nice. Mm. Really, really nice. I had really last night. Really good stuff. Amazing. I haven't tried it. Maybe I will. Definitely try it. So usually with this, we go like we go through their childhood and all that. Um, Desmond's childhood, I haven't really done. 
I won't lie to you, because the interesting part about Desmond is what happens in the war. That's he was fair. he was very religious. Uh, I get on a bit later how he met Dorothy, his wife, and he had a son. Mm-hmm. But I'll get on to that. So we're just going to go straight for it. On April 1st, 1942, Desmond Doss joined the United States Army. Now, if you know anything about 1942, there was a little thing called World War Two around at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure most of our podcasts have been based around that time. We've got quite a lot of war episodes. I think this is the first... Is this the first American soldier we've done? I think it might be. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, because we've done Jack Churchill, but yeah. he's British. He was British. We've done a German. We've done a Polish. Mm-hmm. And this is the first American. Well, Japanese we... next. And then a Russian. And then a Russian. I'm sure there's loads. The film Hacksaw Ridge was based upon Desmond Doss and his bravery in the war. Now, due to his religious beliefs, Desmond refused to carry a weapon during the war, which obviously made being a soldier pretty tricky. Yeah, that is pretty dodgy. It makes you wonder, like, why he thought he needed to do it. Nah. Well, I'm glad you asked. He decided to be a combat medic instead. He wouldn't fire upon the enemy, but would instead run around the battlefield giving medical aid to those who were injured. His beliefs and his job as a defence industry worker provided him draft exemption during the war, so he didn't have to join up. He could have stayed at home. As a man of the cloth, almost. Essentially, but he dismissed that, and he wanted to serve his country. So he wanted to. He wanted to do this. He He refused to take life, but he was more than happy to save a life. Yeah, I suppose like desperate times call for desperate actions, doesn't it? Like, yeah. This is, this is it's bizarre, isn't it? Because do you know what? For a lot of America, like it, hmm, it, during World War Two, in the the Brits, it was cons- you were conscripted. Like there was no choice. You were co- you were all called. Yeah. Like, if you weren't, all, you were fucking. Coward. All men were called. Yeah. Right. And if you didn't, you were yeah, you, you were, were you were a coward or you're a pacifist. You got put in prison for like yeah. six months to a year or all that kind of shit. And most Europe had that. Mm. America had no real need to do that. America kind of helped us with... Obviously, they'll say that they saved us, but they helped us with like the German stuff. They fought in that war, but their main beef was obviously with the Japanese. Yeah. And, oh, actually, no, you're absolutely right. Do you know what? I've completely forgot that the Pacific Theatre was happening at the same time. Yeah, because he, he didn't go to Europe. Because they, did, they didn't need to fight. They weren't conscripted to fight against... The Germans. Germans, I don't they think... Were, but when the Japanese got involved, obviously they were then fighting on two well, the, fronts. the Japanese got them involved, which is why they got involved in Europe. Because they bombed. But to be fair, the they were also selling arms and uh, support to Europe, to the UK, basically. If you watch tanks and that, obviously it's a Michael Bay film. But have you, have you seen the film Pearl Harbor? Uh, what? What? Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So you, uh, this this is probably absolute bollocks. Again, it's a Michael Bay That's film. An old school. He film. does transforms. Old magic. school Michael Bay. But like the the Ben Affleck's character is an American pilot before the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor and he volunteers to go over to Europe mm. to fly with the RAF. Mm. I imagine that happened. I imagine you could volunt- voluntarily say, yes. I want to go help. Uh, so it, you would, I'm not sure you would be able to fight as, um, I think it's like you'd join them, like, you know, the French Foreign Legion, there'd yeah, be yeah, like yeah. foreign legions of you'd, things. Yeah. You could go and sign and volunteer like that, obviously because you couldn't just have anyone just do that. Yeah, you have to be good at what you do. Well, so it's like if you had, you know, last week you spoke about a German. Yeah. If there was a German that was anti-Nazi, he was like, "No, fuck that! I want to fight against my, that yeah, regime." They can't go and join They're the not going to go. You yeah. know, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I completely, I completely forgot. Pearl Harbor happened. Yeah. They declared war on the Japanese. Yeah. And in doing so, they were like, "Fuck it, we're in it." Yeah. Declared war on Germany as well because obviously Germany was an ally. J- Japan, oh Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone got involved. Everyone was involved. Yes, yeah, so I suppose. Yeah, because obviously they attacked Pearl Harbor. And, Hawaii? That's Hawaii, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Hawaii, yeah. 
and obviously Hawaii is an American territory. So yeah, it's like because, you've because American the, American, soil. the Americans didn't think that Hawaii would get attacked, so they put all of their ships and planes in such a concentrated area, thinking that the Japanese couldn't get to it. When yeah, all they, they it was did, too far away for the planes. But all it? they did was put it in such an area and put them close together that it was easier to blow up. They literally put all their eggs in one basket. More, but then saying that after that, I think the Japanese were like, "Oh dear," kind of poked to sleep in bear there. Oh, was it? Uh, no, no, I don't know. I can't think of the quote. But you were, you were, you were along the right lines with poked to sleeping bear. I think it's like a giant, sleeping giant, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So during his time at boot camp, he was consistently harassed by his fellow countrymen for not wanting to carry a weapon, which I'm sure you can understand. Uh, they'd throw things at him as he prayed. And they'd try and get him transferred out of their unit, thinking he'd be a hindrance to them. I understand that when you're in war, you want to know that the man next to you has got your back. But I see it, I would rather him be there and want to assist me as a medic than not be there at all. So, I think, because I know, I'm going to assume back then it, it was the same as well. All medics are trained to use... Combat medics, yeah. All combat medics are trained to use rifles and weapons as well yeah, to be able essentially to defend themselves soldiers. if they're the last person. Yeah, they are, the, they are frontline soldiers who, who are, are able to do medical to medic. care yeah. at the same time and their job is to do that first and foremost. Yeah. But if they're the last man and they are called to do so, they need to pick up a rifle and shoot. Yeah. He was unwilling to even do that. Yeah. Which you kind of think, well, what I don't... Oh, that's... Di- oh, do you know what? I've di- I was going to say, if you're the last American or whatever and y- and and you've got like maybe I don't know one extra Japanese person in front of you mm. it's just you two yeah. but behind you are 50 wounded men laying yeah. there and if you don't kill this man he they'll all die him. Yeah, he's still going to say no I'm not taking his life because he why is like you because his conscience wouldn't take it or be like well that man in front of me his life is just as worth as those 50 men well that man didn't give a shit about those 50 men but he's going to kill them still but then in that situation that same situation would arise, except he would not be in between the Japanese man and the 50 wounded men. So they'd all still die, he just wouldn't be there. No, 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 no. in this circumstance, say those 50 men are all injured and he's been helping them. Yeah. He's yeah. the last man left here. He's yeah. like, oh shit. Like, I don't know, say there was like five men. Yeah. 45 are down. He's helping them out. Those five all get knocked down as well. He's literally the last man left. At that point, he should be picking up that rifle, turn around and be like, right, who the fuck's there? Yeah. But then he sees that one Japanese guy there. And the Japanese guy's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. He's never going to shoot him. He's never going to kill him. So now he's like, well, I'm going to hold my hands up. I'm not going to kill you. He's likely going to get killed. So unlikely those 50 people behind him are going to get killed just because he doesn't want to kill anyone. Now, I don't know, but there's like, you know, it's that philosophical question. It's like there's a train coming towards like 50 people laying yeah, on yeah. a track. And then there's like one person on the left. Who'd you kill? Who'd like you kill? Best friend or something. Yeah. And it's that whole like of numbers, like philosophy of yeah. numbers and all that shit. It's like, well, for the greater good, you're going to kill that one person yeah. rather than the 50, that kind of shit. But then, but then in the situation you've just said where all them soldiers are down injured, that same situation would happen, except he just wouldn't be there. So they're going to die regardless. Why wouldn't he be there? If he, if they kicked him out of his unit. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no. I get that. I get that. So I, so I was saying, I would rather have him there, as someone running around helping people, than not have him there at all. Yes, but I can also understand why he is a bit of a hindrance. In yeah, that for sure. If if ever the situation I've just, I know, I it's very unlikely. But if that situation I brought up ever happened, you're I mean, like, kind of we're did. I mean, fucked. That literal situation basically did happen. But uh, but but it's all because like his consciousness and his conscience and religion won't allow him to take a life. Well, I'm sorry, but if that life is the equivalent of fifty-one other people, you included, 
why is that not worthy? It's just because you don't want to do that. I think that's a bit selfish, actually. Oh, why am I slating this guy? <laughs> this guy who is one of the bravest men who ever lived. He's one of the bra- no, he is one of the bravest men that Let's ever lived. But there are, I can understand why people had issues with him. Let's read on and show Ryan Wise an awful person for saying what he just said. Uh, they saw him as a liability. Nobody believed a soldier without a weapon was worthwhile. They tried to intimidate him, scold him, assign him extra tough duties, and declared him mentally unfit for the army. They even attempted to court-martial him for refusing a direct order to carry a gun. However, all of this failed, and he refused to leave. See, why can't he just pick up a rifle? He doesn't have to shoot it. It's just something about guns. Again, it's like another thing. It's like... Dude, but there, there is that scene in the film, though, isn't there, where he does pick up the gun to make the stretcher. He does pick up a gun. Later on in the story, he picks up yeah, a gun. Yeah, later on. But while he, whilst he's training, whilst like, sort of the realities of war have not yet hit, he's like, no, 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 I'm not doing it. Pick up the damn gun. Like, what? You're not actually going to shoot anyone whilst you're training, so what's the harm in just picking it up, learning how to use it? You don't have to use it. Chances are you might not. It's just something against weapons, I guess. I know, and I'm really sorry for having a go at this guy, but it's like he, he I feel like he's made it harder for himself by being like that. It's like, yeah, alright, fine. It's good to have morals, it's good to have a code, but like, come on, mate, you're really causing yourself some shtick here. So, in April 1945, as Germany was... I don't know if it had fallen or it was falling. It was, it was going Germany, to Germany April, was fucked April, at this point. April 45, it went. Yeah. Germany was fucked. Yeah. But obviously, the Japanese... And the Americans were still going a little bit after that. Yeah. 26-year-old Doss and his battalion were called upon to fight near Okinawa, mm-hmm. a Japanese island. Because obviously Japan, not much fighting happened on the mainland. It was Japanese islands. Yeah. Uh, in a campaign that would be one of the last and the biggest in the Pacific. This is where he encountered Hacksaw Ridge, which is a cliff face with covered in like cargo nets. Yeah. And the Americans had to climb it and take the top. However, the Japanese had bunkered in at the top. And all they were doing was pushing the Americans back off every time they climbed up. So I'm they not, literally I'm had to physically climb. I'm not surprised. Have they not seen Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, literally, they have the high ground. They have thing. the high ground. And not even that. At least Anakin jumped. He's got some, you know, he's, he, he's propelling himself. He's got some give and go. These guys are climbing. I don't know if you've climbed a rope bridge anytime recently. They're fucking tough to climb. Yeah. They're not easy things to climb up. And you're not only climbing a rope bridge, uh, not a rope bridge, a uh, rope ladder, you're climbing it up a cliff, yeah. which is quite big, yeah, with big all your kit, including yeah. your weapon, and you've got Japanese up top trying to kill you. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. I'm surprised they even got to the top, some of them. Yeah, they, they, they even ended up taking it eventually. That's impressive. So this campaign lasted for over a month, so they kept getting pushed off time and time again. And it would see Desmond become the last remaining combat medic within his unit. So he survived. Wow. During an assault, the Japanese, yet again, successfully pushed the Americans back off the cliff face. However, Desmond remained at the top of the mountain. Essentially, he was alone. So, during the course of the night that followed, Desmond found himself as the only able-bodied man on top of the mountain. And the number is sketchy. Desmond says it's around 50. Uh... People who were on top of the mountain say it's around 100. Apparently they came to a gentleman's agreement of the number of 75. He rescued 75 injured soldiers who had been left on the top of the cliff, including some of those who had made his training hell. So what he did, he found them, he dragged them, and then there was like a harness thing and he sent them back down. That night? That uh, uh, night. Is that all in one night? All in one night, yeah. Mate. So he stayed on top of the cliff all night and did that. And he's the only man up top and the the top is currently... Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. 
You're just and not... In the movie, I don't know if this is true, but in the movie, and they're not like walking around bayoneting people as they sort of go. I imagine, I imagine that happened. Yeah, he would, he would have had to hide. I think he, he even sent down a few Japanese soldiers that were injured. Really? Yeah, he just wanted to help people. Mate, that draws like the kind of argument of against sort of like patriotism and just sort of humanity. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't see flags. I see a human. Yeah. And that's, I suppose, what he sees. He, he sees was... not a flag. He sees a human. He's just an old And I suppose nice he's like, okay, yeah, these guys are at war. My job is not to fight in this war. My job is to make sure that people survive this war, which yeah. is an admirable thing to do. He was a, he was a top bloke. I'm sorry for shitting on him. So Desmond carried on being an absolute madman after this. So I don't if you've seen the film, you'll know that on the last raid at the top, a frag grenade comes towards him and he goes to boot it away and it blows up his leg. Yeah. That happened. Obviously, it wouldn't have been as theatrical and as spectacular as that. Mm. So a frag grenade injured his leg, which he treated himself. Obviously, in the film, he goes straight down the stretcher. That didn't happen. He waited for five hours to be rescued. While Damn. severely injured, he then insisted another soldier take the only stretcher instead of himself. Madman. He was then shot in the arm, I think on a different day, by a sniper which absolutely just shattered his arm. Again, he treated himself. He used, he got a rifle and he used it as like a splint yep. for his arm and then walked back to the medical tent himself. Like, he's an absolute Arc. G. I often think because he was so religious, if you are religious, you would say that God absolutely did not want this man to die. Yeah, you could argue that. Ah, oh, jeez, man. So, as he was going back, as he was retreating this time, he lost his Bible that his wife Dorothy had given to him. He always had a Bible inside of his. I suppose he shot jacket. in the Bible. He probably did, and he lost it somewhere on top of the uh, on the cliff face. And then months later, after he'd returned home, his Bible was delivered to him in the post. His fellow soldiers, after they'd secured Hacksaw Ridge, scoured the entire battlefield to find his Bible for him. Really? Because they had so much respect for what he'd done. Wow. Yeah. Mental. I need to find out what this guy looks like. I'm going to look it up right now at the same time. He returned to the US in October 1945, where the bullet was removed from his arm. After this, he met President Harry Truman, who gave him the Medal of Honor for his heroics on top of Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, yeah, I've just seen the picture. Yeah. He kind of looks a bit Andrew garfield yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. He also, during his time in the army, received the Purple Heart and Bronze Star. So he was a very well-decorated soldier. Yeah, I see. He's got shitloads of medals in his picture. Yeah. All without firing a gun. So Captain Jack Glover, one of the men who had heckled Desmond during his time at the well, boot camp. Well, uh, that's Sam Worthington, isn't it? In yes. the movie. Yes. He, he said this. He was one of the bravest persons alive, and then to have him end up saving my life was the irony of the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. That's honestly crazy. Um you know in a like in a war where there is legitimately so much brutality. Mm. I mean brutality like it's not it's also not it's very well known that the Japanese during the Second World War were brutal oh, toward yeah, for their sure. captives themselves. in war themselves in some circumstances, you know. And this guy's just running around without even a gun. Mm. And he's saving lives. So he and his wife, Dorothy, who he had married in 1942, had one son, Desmond Jr. Dorothy was sadly killed in a car accident in 1991. And Desmond remarried to Francis Dumont, I think that's how you say it, in 1993. All right. Desmond Jr. is said to have been moved to tears at the film Hacksaw Ridge. 
which okay. I think well, I, I imagine it would be quite sad seeing or kind of emotional seeing the heroics what your father had done transcribed well, yeah, I onto wonder, the big I wonder how much he knew as a kid like how much his dad told him like I, ca- I can imagine he was a very modest experience. man yeah, exactly. So I don't imagine he would have said much about no. his experience out there. And I suppose maybe then that movie, sort of, for the first time, he's seeing what he'd always imagined his dad had done. Yeah. So, obviously, during the war, he had survived the bullet to the arm, the, the frag grenade, and just general Japanese craziness. So before from being discharged from the army in 1946, Desmond develops tuberculosis. He spent the next six years in hospital, resulting in the removal of a lung and five ribs. This guy is literally... He also went deaf. He was also <laughs> deaf. His hearing was restored, I think, sometime in the 70s, 80s, 90s, one of those. What is this guy, yeah. honestly? What is he made of? Unfortunately, at the age of 87, on March 23rd, 2006, his remaining lung failed and he passed away. Damn. It, it's crazy the amount that this, this man survived. And saved so many others' lives. Yeah, honestly, this dude's a hero. Like yeah. I know, I know, I shit on him earlier. You shot on him a lot, Ryan. All right, a lot. <laughs> but you can, I can understand why the guy's had issue. And my 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 main thing was just that he did. I don't think he helped himself. Like he was standing up for his own thoughts, feelings, or whatever, being like, "Well, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that." And it's like, "Well, okay, well, you're making things harder for yourself. Like you didn't have to do that stuff." But Listen, I'm not taking away from the stuff he actually did. But then, we, but then we talk about Sophie Scholl and her standing up for what she believed in, and that's respectable. So everyone, stand, I, I have a great respect for people that stand up for what they believe in and don't back down in the face of adversity. No, no, absolutely. Like, I get it. I get it, and I, I respect it. <laughs> I genuinely, I respect that. Yeah, top load. This was a. That's all I've got, really. This was a nice little commuter episode. I think we'll call it. Hacksaw Ridge, if you haven't seen it, go and see it. It is absolutely phenomenal. The battle scenes are crazy good. And if you think Mel Gibson's just going to make a preachy film, it, it's not. It is really it is really quite something. It is. I've, I really recommend that movie. I think it's great. Whatever you feel about Mel Gibson. Even just to... Like, I, I never knew about this guy until I watched that film. No, me neither. Desmond Doss. That was a nice little commuter episode for you. 20, 22 minutes from. So enjoy your day at work. Yeah. Yeah, I hope this helps you get it to work. Uh... Next week, who have we got? Next week, we're going to do My Bad Person. You're getting two weeks of James in a row. Two weeks of James. Fuck it now. Calm mm. down. Now, it's gonna, that won't be a commuter episode. That's going to be a longer episode. And don't uh, listen to it while eating dinner because it's pretty graphic. We're going to be talking about Fred and Rose West. Jeez. If you're American, you don't know who they are. They are two of the worst serial killers in British history. And if you're British, you definitely know who these people are. Yeah, if you don't. And if you don't, you've educate. definitely heard the names. Mm. So... Look forward to that. Ryan, you're better at the socials than I am. Yep. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the social media. Twitter, at That's WPD. Instagram, That's What People Do Podcast. Facebook, That's What People Do Podcast. Uh, or at That's WPD, same as Twitter. Or send us an email at uh, That's What People Do Podcast at gmail.com. Um, genuinely, get in contact with us. It'd be great. We love hearing from you guys. So, yes, comments, likes, everything like that. We love it all. God bless Desmond Doss. God bless Desmond Doss. And God bless America. America.